Matthew chapter 9, verse 17. Jesus says, Neither do men put new wine in old bottles, else the bottles break, and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine in new bottles, and both are preserved. New wine has to go in new bottles. New wine has to go into new wineskins. Why? Because if you put new wine in old wineskins, the old wineskins are not strong enough to hold it, they'll break. Right? And then you lose all the new wine. We've been new creatures. We've been made new creatures in Christ. When we got saved, God handcrafted us for his glory. Right? Our spirit became new on the inside. That everything that was before is old. It's not us anymore, but we are new. You can't still try to do the old stuff when you're new. It doesn't work. You get born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, try to go to the club. It doesn't work. You get born again, filled with the Spirit, go try fornicating, it doesn't work. Why? Because you can't, you're new. You can't be doing the old anymore. There's a new way. Not the old, broken down, busted and disgusted way. There's a new way that God has for you, a new way, a different way, but it's a new way. Esther, remember Queen Esther? Esther had to learn how to be a queen before she became a queen. She had to learn how to present herself to the king in a queenly way before she even met him. There was a period of process that she had to go through to prepare herself on the outside and on the inside, spiritually speaking, to present herself before him in a queenly way. She had to prepare herself for that new thing that God had for her. David had to prepare himself to be king. Amen? He was anointed when he was a boy, but he didn't become king till years later. There was a period of preparation, even though he knew the, God, the destination that God had for him. He had to walk it out and prepare and take those steps that God had designed for him to take. He had to learn how to come under fire. He had to learn how to deal with people turning their backs on him. Amen? He had to learn how to be strong. He had to learn how to lead. He had to learn how to be that leader, to take a group of broken down, busted, disgusted, in debt guys into a cave and bring them out on the other side with, as leaders. Amen. Blessed, powerful, confident. Amen? He had to learn how to do that. Paul. He was a murderer. (laughs) He had a dramatic career change. He went from murderer to apostle. 
Amen? That's kind of dramatic. But, you know, the Lord said, you know, stopped him and said, you know, no. The, the glory that I have for you is far greater than this glory, this false glory that you think that you're living in right now. Now, Paul didn't fight against it. He went with it. Amen? He didn't know what was ahead of him, uh, you know, uh, completely, but he went with it. He obeyed God. He went into the desert for three years to prepare, went and preached and made a mess of stuff. You say, what? The Apostle Paul? What? Turn over to Acts chapter 9. So for sake of time, Paul is on the road to Damascus. He has an experience and meets the Lord, gets saved. He falls down to the ground. He's blinded in his eyes. Uh, His men take him away. And he was without sight for three days. Um, Verse 10, Acts 9, verse 10. And there was a certain disciple of Damascus named Ananias. And, said, and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I'm here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. And he's seen a vision of a man uh, named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias Answered, Lord, I have heard uh, by many of this man how much evil he hath done to the saints of Jerusalem. And, he, and here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto be, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great, or great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Ananias went his way, entered into the house, putting his hands upon him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes and been scales, and he received his sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. And so, so Ananias hears from God. Ooh, great illustration of hearing from God, receiving directions from God, and doing exactly what God says. God is in the details. God says, go to this street called Straight. Go into this house. Ask for this man. He's waiting for you. God gives details. It's not a secret, but sometimes we think it is a secret. God gives details. When you ask him, he'll tell you exactly what he wants you to do. He's not vague. He doesn't play around with words. He's not going to send you, you know, 
over here to the street called Crooked, right? It's just a joke to see if you would actually go. God is in the details. He will give you each and every detail for your life. This is your life. It's for his glory. Amen? Amen. And so, uh, so Paul, he, he receives this, this word from the Lord that he is going to, uh, that his assignment is to preach Jesus to the Gentiles in verse 15. Paul goes, separates himself. You see this in Galatians, the book of Galatians, chapter 1 and 2. He goes to the desert of Arabia. He's there for a period of about three years, comes to Jerusalem, or Damascus, I'm sorry, and he preaches in the synagogues. Verse 20. Is he supposed to be preaching in the synagogues? Who goes to church in the synagogues? The Jews. Didn't it just say that Paul's assignment was to to the Gentiles? So do you think those Jews were very receptive to hear what Paul had to say? No. They got a plot together and wanted to kill him. So much so that they had to lower him out of the city, over the city walls at night in a basket to save his life because he was not doing what God told him to do. God didn't tell him to go preach to the, to the Jews there. There was a time he had to prepare. He actually had about 17 years of preparation before his first missionary journey even began. But God set for him a perfect plan to preach to the Gentiles, and oh, I'm so thankful that he followed after God's plan and didn't keep going to the synagogues where they didn't want to hear him and what he had to say. Because there's no Jewish in my history. If he didn't do what he was supposed to do, what? Would you be here? Would you be here? Would you be here? Most likely, no. God has a plan for you. God had a plan for me. God had a plan for Paul. It's no more, it's not time anymore for Burger King do it your way. It's not time anymore for microwave shortcuts. You know, quick, quick, hurry up, quick, hurry up, quick, hurry up. We can read the book of Acts and we think that Paul just jumped right into things and wow, wow, wow. You know, we see Joyce Meyer and all her big stadium meetings like wow. It took years. She had to prove herself. She had to do what God told her to do. God told her to put away shopping carts. And then you'll see a big ministry. Shopping carts. If she didn't put away those shopping carts, would she have what she had? Most likely no, because she had to learn something by putting away those shopping carts. 
God has a plan, and he'll tell you every step of the way because he's not going to take you someplace where your character can't keep you. Every step of the journey that that God has for you, and God's a good God. So every step of the journey is a good step because it's leading you closer and closer to the glory of the latter house which is more glorious than the former. That means that the glory of your house this year, come on now, ought to be more glorious than the glory of your house last year. Why? Because you've taken some more steps in the plan of God. Every day has a step in the plan of God. That should, that should be leading you more and more into glory and glory upon glory. It's for his glory that you walk and live in glory. Amen? And so it's not about the stuff behind. Galatians chapter 2 verse 21, it says that we ought not to frustrate the grace of God. Frustrating the grace of God is trying to do what we think and asking God to bless our plans instead of seeking God for what his plan is for us. His plan is perfect. And you may think, well, I can't do your plan, God, because that's just not me. I don't know how to do that. You know what? If he's called you to do something, he has equipped you to get it done. Amen? I mean, years ago when he was calling me to ministry, when he called me to be on the praise team, I I laughed. For three years, I laughed at the plan of God. And I said, Lord, it would be better for me to preach because then I could at least hold on to something. Ooh, I spilled the water. Because then I can hold on to something. Don't you know he was laughing at me the whole time? Because his plan was not for me to stay in the choir and on the praise team. But his plan was for me to be in his pulpit and preaching. I was just speaking things out out of the, out of the side of my mouth. But God had to do something to me, with me, in this season of being in the choir and on the praise team. So that when I got before crowds of people that were not children, (laughs) I would not shake and quake and be filled with terror. I could trust and rely on him. He taught me how to hear his voice in the choir and on the praise team. He taught me the songs that we were singing. There were so many times when I didn't know the songs that they would call for because we would just have Holy Ghost service after Holy Ghost service after Holy Ghost service. I didn't know the songs. I learned them with the microphone in hand in front of 5,000 people because the Lord showed me or gave me the words. And I learned to trust him in those moments. And when he brought me through school, I learned to trust him all the more. And when he brought me into this place of ministry, trust in him all the more. 
and when he brought us to this place, trusting him all the more. And with what the Lord has called us to do, trusting him all the more because he's good. It's not about me trying to figure out how I'm going to do it all. How am I going to be minister? How am I going to be mother? How am I going to be wife? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? I can get really crazy with that. Ask my husband. But that's not about, that's not it. I have to step back from that and trust him that he is good. And when he's called me to do something, the anointing and the grace is there to do it. And it's good. It's good. It's good for me and it's good for whoever else. Because it's him bringing me to a place of glory is not just for me. You understand that, right? If he calls you to be a doctor, it's not just for you. It's because you have anointed hands. Amen? If he's called you to be a lawyer, it's not just for you. Your bank account, your, you know, pat yourself on the back. It's not just for you. It's because you have a gift of oratory skill and strength of character. Amen. He's called you to be a teacher. It's not just for you. It's because you hold lives in your hands every day that affects generations. What God has called you to do will will bless you, but it will bless others all the more. You have to find what God has called you to do. You may think that you know, but every day with God is part of that journey. You have to keep inquiring, what today, God? What today? What now, God? Because you're not at the pinnacle. You're not at the highest part of the mountain yet. Amen? Amen. There's still more that God has to show you. There's still more that God can do through you. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. So we've got to seek and know who we are in him. We've got to seek and know what he's called and created you to do. You know, Peter, when he was in the boat, he was created to walk on water. Think about it. Would Jesus have said, come, if he really couldn't do it? He was created to walk on water. He just had to keep his eyes focused on that place where God told him to go. If you keep your eyes focused on that place where God's called you to go, you're not going to slip and fall. If you do lose focus and you slip and fall, guess what? Just like with Peter, God is faithful to help you get your focus back. Amen? Praise the Lord. All eyes closed, heads bowed. In Jesus' name.